Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an incredible guest. He is a six-figure earner an entrepreneur, a public speaker, and a fitness expert. He's been doing this for the past almost eight years. Let's welcome my friend, Ryan Beloit. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Nice to see you, Victor. Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, nice to see you, too. It's great to have you here. So I'd like to get started by just asking you, you know, please share your story with us. How did you get into becoming an entrepreneur? What was your journey? Well, uh, I think like a lot of people, you know, uh, I, I hear a lot of stories about how people get involved in this profession and, mm-hmm. and mine is, is, is no different than, than a lot that you'll hear. Uh, a friend of mine shared an opportunity with me, someone that, uh, that I respect and someone that I've known for a while. And I, I wasn't really looking at the time. It was just kind of something mm-hmm. that uh, they kind of put on my desk and said, hey, I, I, I've got this thing I want you to take a look at. And so I was open. I was always open to finding different ways of making extra money on the side. Had a regular full-time job, uh, but you know sometimes your, uh, your sometimes your check doesn't last the entire thirty days. You know, so uh, you know I was always open to additional streams of income. I'd always wanted to be my own boss, and uh, when I was introduced to the profession of direct sales network marketing, it, it made a lot of sense to me. Uh, from a business standpoint, you have the ability to take full advantage of a lot of the benefits of owning your own business without a lot of the headaches that comes along with the traditional brick and mortar business. So I was open. I checked it out. Uh, I didn't say yes right away. Uh, I was a little bit skeptical, just like anybody else, anybody else that gets introduced to one of those things. And, uh, and so when I, when I, gave it a little time to digest and I gave it a little time to sink in. Um, you know, I thought to myself, what are the pros and cons of doing this? And there were really no cons. They were all just pros. And, um, I've always been the type of person, sometimes people say, well, one of the cons is that, you know, you got to kind of worry about what other people are going to think. You're going to kind of have to worry about other people's opinions. And I've never been one to be like that. I mean, I think we all care what other people think to a certain extent, but mm-hmm. when it comes to, you know, supporting your family, uh, adding an additional stream of income into your household and, you know, being able to take care of some bills that maybe you're having trouble taking care of, you know, uh, I always say other people's opinions aren't going to pay your bills. So <laughs> I said yes. And and I became a student of this industry. Uh, I, I was able to see some of the lifestyles of people that are doing the things that uh, the opportunity that was before me uh, afforded other people. And I thought to myself, man, I would love to have that type of lifestyle. So I became a student of the industry and uh, learned how the different facets of building this type of business and being able to build a network and relationship building and all that fun stuff uh, that gives you 
every what you know really what everybody wants is residual income creating a passive cash flowing asset uh that's what this business is about and so uh, i love it uh, i i people ask me oh yeah isn't it one of those network marketing things and i usually tell people yeah because if it wasn't i probably wouldn't be involved in it awesome some good stuff there number one you were open but at the same time you were a little skeptical like many of us are in the beginning because for a variety of reasons some of us we hear things about network marketing a lot of it's often very negative so you proceed with caution but you were still open so it took a little while but you got involved and what you did was you made a list of pros and cons which is what a lot of people don't do a lot of people it seems like you just make a quick emotional decision yes or no but they really don't do any research about it. what are the pros you just found there was a lot more pros than cons to it and you realize it was stuff like residual income cash flow which was really helpful giving an extra stream of income so you realize there were pros and you realize there are much fewer the regular headaches having your own network marketing business than having a traditional business which as you mentioned there there can be a lot of headaches you have to wear a lot of hats you got to pay for your employees we don't have to worry about employees you can get started here for a much smaller amount of money. You don't have to pay a million dollars like for a McDonald's franchise or any of those other franchises. You get to pay at least seven, several hundred thousand or over a million. So it's a lot cheaper. So I think I think maybe that's sometimes why people may be a little encouraged. You're saying, you know, I can make a good income from investing so little money. But the truth is that is the case. And you're right. People's opinions, they don't pay our bills. It's... <laughs> And, and it seems like a lot of us, unfortunately, listen to the wrong people. If we listen to the people who've never succeeded in this, they tried it once, they didn't succeed, they probably didn't do the work, or they didn't even try, but they just you know, read something in a magazine or online. And because of that, it's, they, you looked at people, you, you noticed there were people making good money in this industry, very successful, and you said, you know what? They could do it, maybe I could do it. Maybe I should try to take a look at this. And that's what I think people need to do is, are people making money in this industry? Are they succeeding? Because if they are, then that means you can probably do it too. Because if, if no one's making money, that'd be one thing. But if some people make money and other people are not making money, that means those that are making money are doing something that the others are not. So it's a good thing you brought that up. I really appreciate it. So in, in your journey, as you got involved, I assume you started, most people started part-time. Did you start at part-time? You know, you did it gradually and then how long did it take before you went full-time with your business? Yeah, you know, uh, when I started it, I, I had a regular full-time job uh, working actually, you know, I, I wish it was a nine to five job. It wasn't a nine to five job. I was putting in like 60, 70, even 80 hours per week. And so, you know, I really wanted that freedom. Uh, I, 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 had, I had income coming in. I was able to satisfy my bills most of the time. And, uh, you know, depending on whether I had a good month or whether I had a bad month, but, you know, I was able to kind of level that out. But I knew there was something inside me. Uh, there was something inside me. I'd never been great at school. I never got good grades. I barely squeaked through high school. And um, I, I, think, I think maybe I had ADHD or, you know, I, maybe I had AD, ADD, uh, you know, back before it was even called that, you know. Uh, in, in grade school, they always would say to my mom, they would bring my mother in, they would say, you know, Mrs. Beloy, um, Ryan is a very sharp kid, but he just, he just doesn't apply himself. He gets a little distracted. Uh, he's not working at his potential. 
And so um, I would hear a lot of that stuff. And it would really, as a little kid, um, I think my parents thought maybe I didn't care too much. But whenever I heard that, and I heard that a lot, uh, I really cringed at it because I knew that there was something deep inside me, even when I was at a young age, um, that there was something inside me that was different. And I think everybody feels that. Everybody feels that I'm not just like everyone else. Like I've got something in me that makes me very unique. And I've always been very ambitious as a little kid, whether it was playing Little League Baseball, whether it was in skateboard competitions. Uh, when, I was, when I was a teenager, I, I got involved in skateboarding and that was really my sport of, of, of uh, that was really my passion. I was uh, featured in a couple of magazines at a very young age and that was kind of my thing. And so, um, you know, I knew that there was something that sets me apart from everyone else. And what I was thinking was maybe I'm not, as I got older, I realized maybe I'm not, you know, in the right community to be able, maybe not in the right environment to be able to launch myself with a trajectory or in a direction that I really want to go. And, and what really resonated with me is something that I heard from um, Jim Rohn, a recording from Jim Rohn. And what he said was that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And so when I heard that, I thought to myself, wow, that makes a lot of sense. Like if you think about the people that you hang out with, aside from your family members, your kids, your significant other, mm -hmm. maybe even some of your relatives, but if you think about your friends, your income is probably the average of all your friends' incomes. Uh, the hobbies that you like to do are probably similar to all those people. The type of vacations or getaways or the type of trips that you go on are probably very simple, very similar. So, you know, when I was introduced to this profession and I was seeing people that have three or four Harley Davidsons, six or seven Mercedes Benz. They have these gorgeous houses that they live in and then they have these vacation houses. And here's the biggest thing, they had time freedom. That's the biggest thing is that they had time freedom. They, they were able to spend time doing the things that they wanna do without having to ask permission from other people. And I thought to myself, I want that. And if these people have that, as much as I love the people that I like and know and have been around with all the time, I've got to shift my attention into that type of community. And if this person is doing this and this person may not have the type of education that I have, maybe this person grew up in really difficult circumstances, but look at where they are now. And they've you know, come up from adversity and have changed their lives there's something that I can learn from that if I wanna live the way that they wanna live. So I started spending as much time as I possibly could with those types of people and developed a different circle of friends in addition to the ones that I used to be hanging around with. So the, the most important thing, uh, especially as the world is starting to kind of open up again over the course of the past year and a half, we know things have been really crazy. But um, as the world begins to open up again, one of the things that I encourage people to do is be at events. I love these Zooms. I love Zooms, they're fantastic, they're convenient, um, they're, they're great, but I'm the type of person where I started to really love being at like conventions with thousands and thousands of people 
uh, you know, regional conferences, in-home presentations where there are like five or six other people, any opportunity that I had to be able to be physically with other people to that, that are dreamers, I knew that some of that was going to rub off on me and, um, you know, some of the knowledge was going to rub off on me as well. So that was very, very important in my, uh, in the process of me developing myself in this industry. All right. Thank you for sharing that. Some really powerful stuff there. Number one, I agree. I love Zoom too, but I'd rather go to events, conventions, meet people. There's something different when you actually meet them in person. It just, the relationship is so much deeper. I mean, for the time being, Zoom's been great, but the yeah, I agree, there's something more powerful than we actually go to the events and you actually meet these people and talk to them. And it just changes the friendship. You can meet people on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn. We actually meet them. It just totally changes things. And then when you go back home and you see them on Facebook, you're like saying, it, it, you look at their posts much more differently. You're saying, oh, I didn't. I, I, I you feel like you know this person. Yeah. So it's really tough actually going to these So I'm glad things are slowly starting to open up and hopefully within the next six, six months, like, all companies will have events going on. So people can go there and meet people. And I love the Jim Rohn quote because I think it's very powerful. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think when you get in this industry, you start to realize the power of who you associate with because really, if you want to be successful, you really need to surround yourself with successful people. Like you said, the people you hang out with the most, you tend to do many of the same things, you vacation the same places, you take the same chance or not take the same chance or not take the same risk. And you'll, and I think we've all found that a lot of times when we try to upgrade ourselves, go to a higher level, we will find that many of our friends who are at the same level as us, they don't like that because they want to be the same level as us. So for them to be, continue to be the same level, they have to do one of two things. Either they raise themselves to get to our level or try to bring us down sort of like those crabs in the jar. Like one yeah. crab tries to get out, they, the rest of the crab try to pull And unfortunately, a lot of people, they try to bring you down because it's easier to do. It's a lot less work than to try to improve themselves and take themselves to the next level. So you always have to find uh, better people who will help you grow as a person, stretch your thinking, stretch the way you do things because that's the way your life changes when you surround yourself with those successful people. And I think that's been your experience. That's been my experience. I think pretty much the experience of every successful people. If you're not succeeding, you need to take a look at who you surround yourself with. Are there negative complaining people who always try to drag you down, who don't support you? Or are they people who are really behind you? They're supporting your goals and your dreams. They're rooting for you and they're giving you great advice, great ideas. Those are the kind of people you need to surround yourself with. I, I remember a story I read uh, years ago, Jack Campbell, Mark Victor Hansen were at the New York Chiropractic Society and Tony Robbins was there. They were all giving talks. And during one of the breaks, uh, Mark Victor Hansen, Jack Campbell went up to Tony Robbins and said, you know, you make a lot, a lot more money than we do, but you're not that much smarter than we are. You're making 50 million, we're making one or two million a year. And you know, why is that? So they asked him that question and Tony Robbins asked him, well, what kind of people do you surround yourself with? What kind of people do you have in your mastermind? They said, well, how much do the people in your mastermind make? And, they said to him, they make, they on the average make between one to $2 million a year. And he said, that's your problem. You see, I make over 50 million a year. And that's because I surround myself with people who make up a hundred million dollars a year in my mastermind. And they stretch my way of thinking and doing things. So you need to change the people you have in your mastermind. And Jack and Mark realized, you know, you're absolutely right. And then they started changing the 
people they had in their masterminds and lo and behold, they started making more money. So you always have to keep growing. So you have to look at who, who you surround yourself with, who do you have in your masterminds. And if you want to grow, you need to change the people around you because the bigger minded people are going to help you grow more. So that's why that story, I think, really perfectly illustrates you want to get to Tony Robbins level, you need to have those kind of people around you in your mastermind. So really yeah, you, pop us up. You bring up, a, you bring up a really good point. I mean, um, you know, in, in to, answer, to answer your question, you know, one of the things I really thought about and, and someone broke it down and simplified it for me really well, because you're asking, how do you go from like, how did I go from like a part time doing this part time to transitioning it into uh, into full time, full time type income? Really, um, the way that I looked at it was when I first got involved in this, I think my first weekly commission payout was something like three dollars and 16 cents. I think that was my I think that was my first commission that I earned from doing this business. But what I'll tell you is that three dollars and 15 or 16 cents that I earned it a very small amount of money like that really switched my mindset in in telling me that this is real. Like this is a real thing. I didn't make tons of money right there, but I didn't really do a lot. I did a little bit and I earned a little bit. So sometimes one of the most important things and what my mentor shared with me is, is one of the things that he did with me is I had to get you paid as quickly as possible with any amount that it could be. And so that whether it was $3, whether it was $30 or whether it was $300, that $3 resembled something in my mind that said, this is real and I can do this because that $3 that just that check that I got when we used to get mailed out checks back back in the day, because I got started a long time ago back in, let me see, it was like 2006 when I got involved in the industry. Um, I got a check for $3.16 or 15 cents. And it was like, all I have to do is if I want to turn this, and this is, this is something that he shared with me, which turned the light bulb on and made it less daunting and made it less overwhelming for me. He said, if you wanna turn that check from $3 into $30 a week, okay, you just have to do 10 times more work, okay? And then when you get to $30 per week, think about the activity that it took for you to make $30 a week, which is still not a lot of activity in our industry, knowing how the compensation plans work. He said, if you wanna make, you know, $300 per week based on the activity that you had earning that $30 a week, just 10X your activity. And so you're just kind of compounding your activity upon itself. And because of the beauty of this industry, when you start building a team and building an organization of your own and creating your uh, network of distribution and, and consumers and customers, uh, you know, customers and customer gatherers, that number doesn't necessarily duplicate. It can actually multiply. And so there was a really long time where I didn't even understand how the compensation plan worked. In fact, I don't think I really understood how the compensation plan worked for our company until maybe about eight or nine months in, and I was generating a little money here and there, and it was getting a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. 
to the point where I was like, okay, now I'm generating an, an in, a legitimate income here now. Like this is a part-time income. Like I don't have to get a part-time job because this thing that I'm doing with these nutritional products, these vitamins or whatever it is that I'm marketing is, is giving me the ability to earn the type of income that I wanted to earn part-time. And so then I dove in and started learning the compensation plan. And at that point, I learned how to turn it into a game, you know, kind of like, kind of like when you play those video games and you level up and you get to the next stage and the, the bad guys are a little bit harder to fight. And then you got the little, you got the boss at the end of the game. That's a little bit harder to fight than the last one. And you start leveling up and getting better. But not only that, you start learning how to teach other people how to play the game as well. And that's where this really becomes powerful. And, um, you know, I mean, I, the thing that I love about this industry is that, uh, like right now, I'm generating income from things that I did years and years and years ago. And so regardless of what I'm doing, um, that money's going to continue to come in. Uh, so that's, that's one of the things that I think helped me to move from a very small amount of money that I was earning to generating the type of money that made me look at him going, wow, that was a... That was a pretty good week. I wouldn't have never imagined that this is something that I would be able to make this kind of money doing. So that that kind of fully answers the question that you asked me earlier. Yeah, no, and then I, and that was a great answer. I, I love number one, the fact that you talked about the fact you got that first check was I think $3.16. And that's a very important point because when you got that check, it wasn't a big amount, but it, it made it real for you. You said, you know, I can make some money. Granted, in the beginning, you were probably paying more in your ownership than when you're getting back, but you were still getting something back. And I think that's something very important. When you get someone in, the sooner you can get them a win, you can get them someone to join in them, the more real it will seem to, the more likely yeah. they will stay through this. And they they go three or four months and they haven't recruited anyone. It's very, it's very likely they're going to leave you. And I think a mistake a lot of people make, and let me know if you agree with this, is Sometimes yeah, it's always important to get people in the business, but they focus too much on building wide instead of building deep. They're not yes. helping the people underneath them build the teams to help them make money, which will keep them in there. And, and here's the thing, as you were saying, because you help build teams wide, you know, be it, build them deep down. So they're, they make, they're making money, people in there making money. You're making money now from work you did years ago. And that because you help build those teams, you build them deep. So I think that's a very important point to remember. I think since it's, focus on I need to get 20 people this month you get 20 people but none of them are getting anyone in they're not making any money you know what they're eventually going to leave you're going to have to recruit them again that's why very often the number one recruiter uh, the number of people the, the number one recruiters are not always necessarily the people who make the most money because they're not always building the deepest team so this is people who are recruiting less are making more money because they're focusing on helping their teams make more money so it, it becomes real to everyone so I'm glad you brought up that point and like you said $3 and you had to do 10 times the work to make $30, $300. And then you started seeing a long-term vision, you seeing possibilities, you know, if you did more of this work, you put in more in activity. And then you started learning about the competition, right? You learned the power of doing all these things and realized, wow, I can do these things. And like you said, you eventually were able to make a part-time income though you didn't need to get a part-time job. And then eventually it grew and grew. You, again, I, you, have developed a long-term vision of what was possible, which is what a lot of people unfortunately don't do in this business. They see a few weeks, nothing works, they give up. But they see the possibilities and more likely to sustain it. But like you said, 
if they can get one or two people to join and they can get that that first check man that just makes everything so sweet so very good yeah. so also i want to go back to something you say at the beginning because one objective people have is they don't have the time but you say you're working like 60 hours a week you you were you had a heavy workload and yet you still were able to find some time to work this business so would you want you know talk a little bit more about you know finding time to work when you're very busy because i'm sure some of the people listening here have very busy schedules they're wondering can i do this since i have i have a lot of things going on i have a job i have kids i don't know where to find the time yeah you, i mean i mean let's expound let's expound on that because that's a whole nother conversation like like one of the things that I learned is that the excuses people make for not getting involved in this type of business, should the, the type of excuses that most people make, that most of us will hear, are actually the reasons why you need to be in this type of a business. Like when someone tells me, well, I can't get involved in that business because I don't have any free time. Well, that was the main reason why I did it is because I had zero time freedom. You know, I was working 60, 70, 80 hours per week, and I didn't have the ability to, you know, do the things that I want to do when I want to do them. And I realized that if I didn't do something different, that was going to be the song that I was going to be singing all the time. And so, and, and that was, that, that was never going to change. So I had to do something and find a way to work this business in the nooks and crannies of my life. Uh, a friend of mine named Mario said something that's pretty powerful. He basically said, you know, I respect people from having a job from nine to five to pay the bills, put food on the table, put clothes on their family's back and keep a roof over your head. But you are a fool if you don't do something from five to nine to give your life some freedom. And when he said that, I thought to myself, that makes huge amount of sense. That's a lot of sense. And then you think about people that say, well, I don't have any extra money to get involved in a business like this. And their mindset is thinking in order for me to get involved in one of these businesses it is probably similar to me starting a traditional brick and mortar business, which is not the case. I mean, if you wanted to open up your own coffee shop, your own pizza parlor or something like that, the average business in the United States, you have to spend, you know, 60 to $100,000 to invest to be able to build that type of a business, to start that type of a business in hopes to be one of the 10 percenters that actually survives over the course of the next three or four years so that you can see a penny of profit. And so that's a huge gamble right there. And so a lot of people don't realize that you can get involved in this industry in so many different ways. Like if, if you want to get started with $200, you can start with $200. If you want to get started with $600, you can do that. If you want to get started with $1,000, you can do that. There's, there's no business model in the entire world that I've ever seen that gives you the unfair advantages that network marketing gives you. I mean, low startup cost. I mean, nearly instant return on investment. Um, the ability for you to leverage the activity and, and business intelligence of other people that you bring into your network and even people that aren't in your network. You're gathering intel, you're gathering knowledge and skills from people that are upline, crossline, sideline, that even aren't a part of your organization because this industry is so much about you know, collaboration. 
you know, regardless of whether I'm in your organization or not. That's what I love about this. And so, you know, not having a lot of money is not an excuse. That's got to be a reason. And then you got people that say, well, I can't do that because I got kids. And they talk about their kids like it's a disease. I can't do that because I got kids. You know, I got, I got kids. And it's like your kids, your children, like my three children are the driving force of why I'm in this business. Not, be, not necessarily because of the monetary benefits of this, but because my children see me building, my children see me working, my children see me doing things outside of a regular nine to five job. And then they see, they, they see like dad comes home, he just got off of work, but he, now he's building his business. And sometimes there are good days where he's, he's, he's signing people up and he's helping his team and his team's recruiting. And there are some days when he's getting a bunch of no's and people aren't interested. He might be getting, you know, some, some negative comments on social media, or he's dealing with conversations that are uncomfortable and that teaches my children lessons right there that they will never, never, ever get in our educational system. They'll never get entrepreneurial education in our education system because uh, our educational system, which I, which honestly I believe is very important. Every child, all my children are great students. They're all very intelligent. You know, my two older ones are. Uh, finished college and then my youngest one is in middle school and he's already thinking about what college he wants to go to and what he wants to do for his future that's very important um, but I also want them to understand that the world is very different now you've got to start thinking entrepreneurially uh, and, and our educational system teaches people how to be very good employees because that is that's 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 common that's something that can resonate with a lot of generations, but you know, our world is changing. Uh, and I think our, this new generation of teenagers and kids are seeing that. And I, I see a lot more entrepreneurial mindsets coming into the mix in the world, which is, a, which is very much a good thing. I just wish our educational system really taught that, or even the college system had a, an entrepreneur 101 or, or a, even, I mean, Tim Sales, who is a legend in this industry and a good friend of mine, just an amazing guy who I, I consider to be a personal mentor. Um, he created uh, this video called Brilliant Compensation and just such an amazing guy. Um, he actually taught a university course on network marketing. And I would just love, would just love to see more of that in the world, uh, whether it be in you know, junior college or whether it be at the university level. I think that would be so hugely beneficial, but I'm afraid that they might think that that's a conflict of interest for some of the other majors and some of the other studies. When they teach these kids this, some of the kids are going to be like, hmm, so if I can make that type of money doing that, I don't know if I need to get a, a, you know, my medical degree, or I don't know if I need to get a, an accounting degree or or, or law or anything like that. So maybe that's the conundrum with our, our educational system. Yeah, no, it is a shame they don't teach you more entrepreneurial courses or about network marketing or just learning how to manage your finances. You really don't have that much either in high school or in college. And I think, for, you know, whatever their reasons are, they're, they're doing the students a disservice because they should know more about these. Like you said, things are a lot different today than they were 30, 40 years ago. 
40 years ago, you go to one company, stay there for the rest of your career. You retire 65, you could go what? Now people are changing their jobs all the time. They're changing their careers all the time. Technology is changing all the time. So you really have to keep learning and improving yourself day in and day out. Otherwise, you're just going to be left behind. So I agree. I think they should be teaching that more often. And I love how you're talking about the fact the excuses should be your reasons to get involved in the industry. If you don't have that enough time, that's why you need to get involved because things are not going to change. If you have kids, you know, you're setting an example. Your, your kids see daddy's working, he's putting time, he's talking to people. So he has his good days, he has his bad days. Some days people say yes, some people say no. But they're watching your example. And they're learning things just from watching you that they can never read from, you know, never learn from reading a book. So I think that was very important. There's, or you don't have the money. Well, if, if you keep doing these things the way they currently are, if things don't change, guess, guess what? You're not going to have the money anyway. And like you said, this is an industry you don't have to wait three to five years to get into profit like your most traditional businesses. I think I, that's probably one fear people have. You can you can get into profit pretty quickly. Cool. Your first month, your first couple of months, low investment, just usually you know, 100, 200, 500 bucks. It's a very low investment. And it, it's made so many millionaires, giving people so much freedom. A lot of moms are able to make money from home and spend time with their kids. It's 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 made so many millionaires, and it doesn't matter your education, your background, it's really the way equalized. It's just it's incredible that an industry which you don't have to really spend a lot of money to get involved in, but you can make a lot of money in the long run. And, and as you were yeah. saying before, to be successful in this industry, you really need to help the people below you because you don't help them, you're not gonna make money. You only make money by helping people out. So that's why I love this industry. It's a win-win situation for everyone. In a traditional job, you can do your job, not really help too many people, and you can make a pretty good living. But in this industry, you don't help people, you're not going to succeed. So I really love that you talked about that. And like you said, even people in different groups who can't really profit off you, they still like to help you. There's a lot of collaboration goes on. I've seen it in my company, I've seen it in other companies. It's just really powerful. People love to help you. There's something, there's a very giving nature about this industry. So I think you shared some very powerful points here because whatever excuse people have for not getting involved really in most cases should be the reason why they should get involved because things are not going to change unless you do something different. And this is probably yeah. your best opportunity to change things. And you can do it part-time. And I love that quote from your friend Mario. You know, you expect to be able to work nine to five, but for those who do anything, that don't do anything from five to nine, shame on them because you're, in, you're, you're messing up your life. You can give yourself freedom from doing the four hours, you know, work in some type of business from home, something entrepreneurial. So, don't waste those problems. Yeah, it's okay to watch some TV, but you really need to watch it for six hours when you get home. Watch an hour or two, and then spend three or four hours doing something that'll give you that freedom. So like you talked about, you want to take those vacations. You want to see places around the world, but you saw other people do it. But that's how you do it. You do have to make some sacrifices in the short run to have you know, uh, that great freedom in the long run. One of the things, One of the things that I really learned about this industry is because I think this industry kind of has always had this weird stigma about it because people always, you know, the, the mistake and the myth is that people would don't want to get involved in this industry because I don't want someone making money off of me. And that was, that was one of the things it's like, I don't want people making money off of me. But when you think about like the corporate world and let's say you're working at a retail job, let's say you're working at, Foot Locker, okay, and you're selling shoes and someone walks into the mall and you've got to be friendly and hi, how you doing? And 
you got to get down on one knee and start helping them put shoes on and all that kind of stuff. And, 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 you know, the Foot Locker Corporation is making money off of you. You know, they're selling a $200, $300 pair of shoes and they're paying these kids, you know, $15 an hour. So, you know, there is a profit, there's a, there's a, there's a profit margin there that's going on. So you gotta, when people think about this industry from a business perspective versus a customer perspective, um, I, I think people's minds will open up more. And when someone says something to me like, well, I don't want people making money off of me. Well, it's not so much that, it's more like I make, we're making money together. Like my job is to make sure, like the only way that I can make $10 is if I help you make $150. So if you have a problem with me making $10, then you have a problem with yourself making $150. And see, and we're on the same team here. I'm here to help you do that. Like, and, and so I think that's the misconception that a lot of people have is that I don't want to make money. I don't want anybody making money off of me. So one of the biggest things that I learned about this profession is that I didn't get from the traditional job world is relationship building. You know, that's, that's so important. I, I mean, we had the industrial age with the factories and, and car building in Detroit and manufacturing of microchips and all that kind of stuff. So we had the industrial age and then we moved into the information age when the internet internet came because knowledge is power. I mean, no, I, I mean, that saying is kind of funny, like knowledge is power, but you know, it's only powerful if you apply it. But I mean, the information age was huge because people didn't have to go to the library anymore. People didn't have to go into their closet and grab an encyclopedia and go A, B, C, D, E, F, G and grab information that was like three or four years old to research some information. So people have, a like today, people have more information in their smartphone than we had in the public libraries that were, you know, hundreds of square feet, thousands of square feet that we would go to as you, when you and I were in grade school. I mean, I just think like, imagine what our life would be like today if we had access to the type of information that our kids and our grandkids have today, you know, so it's so it's crazy. Um, but now what we're doing is we're shifting from the information age, which, you know, which is still continuing to compound upon itself with all the information that comes out. But now we've transitioned into the, 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 the social age or the networking age where networking is so, so important. And that's probably why social networks are so important, not only Facebook and Instagram, you know, and, and, and that for sharing information, but I'm talking about like social networks like LinkedIn, where you're connecting with like-minded business individuals who are ambitious that are, that are, you know, driving themselves to, you know, raise themselves in the professional world as well. So networking is everything. I mean, I'll tell you, um, I, I, I think if people are utilizing like Facebook, Yes, that's great. But what you're going to find is you're going to find most people that are just kind of sharing pictures of, of their dog or what they had for lunch this afternoon and booty pics and all that kind of stuff and silly memes. 
And, and LinkedIn is so powerful because now you've got business related conversations and you're now connecting with people that might have been in the same industry with you in the past or maybe in an industry that you want to get into in the future. Um, and you're being introduced to different types of industries and seeing content and information and you're gathering a knowledge base from people from not only other industries, but companies that you're affiliated with, companies that you're not affiliated with. So it's nice to see a lot of the network marketing companies really diving into LinkedIn as well. So you had the industrial age, then you got the information age. Now we got the social and networking age. And I think, um, you know, relationship building, um, understanding other people's driving force, understanding what people are, you know, why they get up out of bed, what their why is. I know that sounds very cliche and we hear that so much in our profession is what's your why? What gets you up in the morning? What's your driving force? You know, but those things are so important and you're able to gather all that stuff when you have a well-rounded uh, network that you're connecting with. I know me and you, we connected on Clubhouse. And I, I think when that came about, I just thought, man, that is so genius because I never really listened. I mean, of course I like music um, and I listen to music, but I, I, I started listening to more educational stuff like Zig Ziglar calls it a uh, highway university. And I listen to a lot of audiobooks when I'm driving around. I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff like that. But when Clubhouse came and it was such an interactive collaboration of minds that took one, uh, one, one topic and it became to get expounded on by so many different people from so many different backgrounds, countries, professions, companies. Um, it, it just takes that information and it just like expands it in so many different directions in ways that, I mean, you and I have heard conversations that are about one topic and it, and it still stays true to the topic, but it takes it in a direction that maybe you and I weren't expecting so that that's that's so powerful and I, I i just i love clubhouse now because of being able to meet like-minded people just like you man so so um it's fun it's good stuff no, Social I, I age, love, networking age <laughs> no, no i agree networking is so far relations are, are critical and yeah, i love clubhouse i mean it's incredible you meet so many different people so many different backgrounds so, so many successful people from so many different companies which no way could you have gotten them on a zoom call very unlikely and then you get on here they're all sharing their value they're all helping oh, people yeah. out and it's incredible the things you learn the people you meet on it i've met so incredible people on that app so many like you and many other people which I, whenever I, I, you I, chime in and you know whenever i see you in a room sometimes I, I i try to jump into that room if i'm not doing something sometimes i gotta go pick up my kids from from a football practice or basketball practice or something like that but any chance that i get and i'm like on clubhouse and I see that you're in a particular room because it gives you notifications when your friends are in a particular type of room. I always like to jump in. And when I see you up there and I hear you speaking, I, I really gather some great information that, that you know, uh, it's just that educational network that we have. And when I hear you speak, I, I really enjoy some of the content that you bring to the table. Thank you. I appreciate hearing that. And I feel the same way about you. I love the great value you share when you come into those rooms. So I know the feelings mutual and, you know, uh, yeah, it's just a really powerful platform for those that have not gotten on it. I recommend you really get on it. And now if 
Android users can get on as well, not just iPhone users. So it can really be really help you grow in this industry and, and many other industries. And, and I like we mentioned, uh, the age of information was very powerful again, but you have to supply that knowledge. It's not enough just to know it, you have to supply it. Otherwise it's, it's, it's only potential power. And this industry is, yeah, and I, and I agree with you about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is very powerful. There are about 800 million users on it. It's growing fast every single day. And, and what I like is you can learn about people's brand. They give you all the information. There's a, there are a lot of professionals on it and people that can see things much better than people on some of these other social networks. Because some of these people just, they just want to go get on this, you know, Facebook or Instagram and just have some fun. But people on LinkedIn are generally much more serious people. And they actually have higher... Uh, net worth and they make more money per year than people on the other platforms so you can definitely yeah and i mean you're, i mean if you want to see i mean yeah and if you want to see like those pictures of people's cats and you want to see like what your friend had for dinner last week um and you want to see some silly memes there's a social network for that but you're not going to get that stuff on linkedin like like that's that's one of the great things about linkedin is that you're not going to get a lot of that silly fun goofy stuff that's for like you know instagram and for like facebook but you know from a business standpoint like linkedin is really good because it kind of filters all that stuff out that we're not really looking for when we're building our businesses very true and getting back to what you were saying before but i don't want people to make money off of me but like you said you work in any corporate environment people make money off you i was in the corporate world for many years i was in several jobs and i could say there were people above me making money off of the work that i did so I was very well aware of that. But here's the thing people also need to remember is, you know, like you say, you're helping someone, you know, say I, I join under you and you help me make $150, you make $10 to $15. That's good because you helped me do that. So I should not feel bad that you made some money off of me because you helped me succeed. But here's the other thing a lot of people need to remember. When I was in the corporate world, there was no way I could make more money than my boss or my boss's boss. But say I join on you, for example, or you join on me. So let's say I join on you. If I do well enough, I can make more money than you did, than you do, even though you brought me in. That's the great thing about this industry. You can make more money than the person that brought you in. You will not see that in any other industry. If you really, really work this industry hard and you do all the right things and are consistent and persistent, you can make more than the person that brought you in. You can go above the person above you in your upline. Oh, you yeah. I that. mean, you, I have... You, I, I can tell you right now off the top of my head, I can, I mean, I have like 11 people in, you know, underneath me who make like six times more than I do, you know? And so you want to encourage that, you know, you, you encourage that. Like, I, like I'm always looking for someone who can out earn me. Like that's, that's what's so different about the corporate world, the corporate world. That's scary. If I hire somebody to work for me that's more capable, more intelligent, has a better experience, that is probably more successful, I'm writing. I'm, I'm, I'm writing my own pink slip in that situation. You know, like I, I might be writing myself out of a career, uh, or someone who's going to be competing with me for a position that I might not get because of this person that I hired, who's going to get the job that I want. In network marketing. It's not like that. It's like, it's the total opposite. You're like looking for people. If your business level is, you know, if your business mindset and your business success level is on like a five or six, like I'm looking for people that are eights and nines. Those are people that are diamonds to me. And so, because you think about that, you think, 
you know, in this profession, it's like, if I'm looking for people that are not as successful as me, um, like the low hanging fruit, then yeah, I might get somebody that's in it for a little while that might make a little bit less money than me, um, that might not be very coachable. But then when you're reaching up into the, uh, what is it, in, in the, in, in someone's, uh, financially or intellectually or business-wide, business-wise, that's um, higher up in the social economic chain, I guess you would say, um, you got to think about, you get somebody into your business that you can work with that's like that. Think about the network that they have. Like, like that could be huge for you. And if you can get someone to make, you know, two or three or $4,000 a month, a week, a day, more than you, you, you're a pretty happy camper in our profession. No, absolutely. And you brought up a good point about the corporate world. Like if, you, if you're a manager, you bring someone that's just as common, even better than you, you're afraid because you're afraid that person may <laughs> take your job, you might get fired. So I've seen it happen. <laughs> oh, I see it too. I've seen bosses. I've seen bosses lay off people who were smarter than they were because they were insecure for their jobs and they made up some excuse, but everyone knew the reason was this person's more talented, so they're afraid. That won't happen in this industry. Like you say, you have 11 people underneath you making a lot more money than you, and you're happy with that because you know what? You're still making good money off of these people because you bring these people, they developed, they did really well. And like you said, it's good to bring in someone who has a big network who can, because they can use that network to grow their business. So don't be afraid because you bring in these, these heavy hitters, these whales, they can make you a lot of money. And so what if they make you more money than you are? You're still making good money. That's the great thing about this industry. You're not going to get far because you're in business for yourself, but not by yourself. So it doesn't matter how much money yeah, they make. Yeah, they're cheering that person on. Exactly. Going, what, what else money? can I do to help you? What can I yeah. do to help you? What can I do? Can I, can I, uh, gosh, man, can I go get you a sandwich? You know? <laughs> exactly. That's the great thing about this industry. You're cheering them on because everyone's winning in this situation. I think it's one of the great things about this industry. So Cooperative think, team building. Absolutely. Cooperative team, but that's awesome. Great stuff they run. So we're getting close to the end. So before we finish, are there any, uh, any last uh, pieces of advice you would give to someone who's getting started in this industry? They want to know what should they expect? What are the things they need to do getting started? Because, you know, a lot of times people, when they get started, they have, they, they have these difficulties and they're, they're not making any money. So what are some of the things they should do when they get started to, so that they can get off to a good start? You know, you know, that's a great, great topic to end on because, um, you know, one of the things that I always do is like, I'm talking to people that have been in the industry for years and years, people that have been in the industry for maybe a couple of months and they, they weren't in a company that they liked and maybe they're looking for something different. Um, and I'm also dealing with people that have never done this before. And so I want to address the people that have never really done anything like this before. And, and I think probably the most powerful piece of advice that I can give someone in closing is um, make your decisions. Like if, if, if Victor shared with you a business opportunity and you're not sure if you can do it or if I shared a business opportunity with you, anybody that's watching this, um, and you don't know if you can do it or not, don't make your decisions based on where you are right now. Don't make your decision based on your intelligence, your understanding right now at this current time. Because sometimes people say, well, I'm not really smart 
in that type of business, or I'd never really done anything like that before, or I don't know if I would be good at something like that, or I'm not a good speaker, or I'm not good at talking in front of people, or I'm not good at recruiting, or I'm not good at this, or I'm not good at that, or I'm not good at this. Biggest piece of advice I can give you right now, don't make decisions based on where you are right now. Base your decisions on the things that you're capable of learning, right? Because that opens up an entirely new world for you. If you base your decisions on where you are right now, you put yourself in a box. But if you base your decisions on what you're capable of learning, you can accomplish anything, right? Like, like think about, think about the things that you're really good at right now, whether it's a sport, whether it's a musical instrument, whether it's a video game or something like that, regardless of what it is that you're good at right now. I guarantee you when you first sat in front of that piano or you grabbed that baseball bat, you didn't start playing Mozart and you did not hit a grand slam. You probably sucked in the very beginning. And that's okay because everything is learnable and everything is teachable. That great stuff. I love that. Don't base your decisions on where you are, but base it on where you're capable of learning. Like you said, you start playing the piano, doing a sport, you start a new job, you don't know what you're doing. It yeah. takes time to learn to, new, to do a new job. So anything's going to require some learning and getting adjusted. So I love that. And unfortunately, a lot of people base whether they want to get involved or not, based on what they know where they are in life not on their capabilities, their potential, what they're able to learn. And if they did that, I think a lot more people would get involved and they would not give us. I think that's a great piece of advice. And thank you so much, Ryan, for being on the show. It's such a pleasure having you on. It was, it was great meeting you. It was great listening to all the great stuff, the wisdom you share with us. I really appreciate it. I know the people that are listening also appreciate it as well. Thanks, Victor. Thanks for having me on. It's good to, good to talk with you. And all the people in your network and all of your friends list and all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, you know, Victor, I, once again, like whenever I see you on a clubhouse or I see some of the things I see you posting on social media, it's, it's really good stuff. So uh, it, it's always fun following you and, and finally getting to kind of do a little, even though we're on zoom and like, we're not in the same like coffee shop or something like that. It's cool to interact with you back and forth and kind of go back and forth with you some with some great information. So thank you so much for having me on today. I hope you have a fantastic rest of the day. You're welcome. And you too, you have an incredible day, my friend. And But one more thing before I let you go. If people want to contact you, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? At? Uh, you know, you can reach me on uh, Facebook. Uh, you can go, you could just search me up, Ryan Beloy, and I'll come up. Um, on Instagram, Ryan Beloy official is my Instagram handle. Uh, let's see, Snapchat is just Ryan Beloy. Uh, so you can, and on Clubhouse, you can find me at uh, Ryan Beloy on Clubhouse as well, which is right now, like I said before, that's like my favorite piece of social media. That's my favorite social media platform right now. So much good stuff on there. I totally agree. Thanks again, Ryan. It was great having you on and you have yourself an amazing day, my friend. Take care and God bless. God bless you too. Thanks, Thank Victor. You. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. 
please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.